Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Colossal Soprano. Go! The premier destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award winning play-by-play man Dan Dewey and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, I know we've bluffed before, Rick, about a hiatus and taking the summer off, but this really is the last, the absolute last for the summer edition of Go! Estados Unidos, the campeón del mundo! Oh! <laughs> Feminina! I thought you were going to go to the Gold Cup, which we'll get into. Copa Doro? Copa Doro. Copa del Flusho, <laughs> as Mexico rolls in the second half. Of course, we have to get into... Some of the controversies surrounding the uh, Copa America sure. and Argentina, poor Messi feels like they're, they're out to, to, to get us. They're out to get us, Rick. Is that verbatim? That's actually <laughs> loosely translated. But we start where we must start. Yeah. USA 2, the Netherlands nil. The United States women's national team wins its fourth World Cup in eight tries. What are your first blush takeaways here on Golasso Supremo? Well, you know, I really enjoyed the tournament. It was fantastic action. And it's funny, I was on the air yesterday and a guy called up and he's like, oh, it's not fair. USA's so good. They score every time they go down the pitch. And I'm like, have you been watching the same tournament or did you just watch Thailand? Because in the knockout round, Spain 1-0, very tough. Then the French, we talked about them. You picked them. It was not a bad pick. Oui. I thought the French played very well. Oui. 2-1 victory, USA. Then England. England, at one point, had a uh, uh, equalized 2-2, but the goal was offside, and they had a penalty, which was saved. That's as tough as it gets. And then the Netherlands, who shut out the Swedes, they were a tough nut to crack. So they earned it. It was thrilling. Um, and a shout-out to Rose Lavelle, too, who, you know, you look at her, she looks like nothing. She looks like she's about 70 pounds. Slender gal. Gaunt, pale, so fragile looking, but I kept thinking, she's keeping Kristen Press and Carly Lloyd on the bench. I mean, she must be great. And we saw that moment of greatness. And I think she's a, like Steph Curry's a hero to like slender guy. I think she's a hero to all those girls out there that kind of don't have muscles and don't look athletic. I thought she was great. Yeah, she was terrific. And the second goal was certainly a sublime strike from young Rose Lavelle. And she immediately injected herself into the consciousness of casual soccer fans, those of us aficionados already pretty well aware of just what she could do. I want to go back, though, to the first goal, Rick, mm-hmm. because to me, it was a disappointing way for the game to basically end. You had a very physical match back and forth. There were fouls on both sides, both called and not called. Mm-hmm. In the 63rd minute or so, you get a challenge, a high boot. Alex Morgan is struck near the arm, maybe up near the shoulder. She is playing a ball... She's already played the ball. She's not going to be able to continue to go forward and play the ball. She receives a high boot to the arm, kind of goes down. It's 
I guess, away from the play, in my opinion. Yet, we got to go to VAR. We got to have a, a second look. And as soon as you saw them give the VAR symbol, you knew they were going to call a penalty. So a penalty not called on the field, but a penalty called on VAR. Megan Rapino puts it in. one nothing U.S., basically game over there. Well, it's the thing. I didn't like it, Rick. I okay. didn't like it. It was, I don't think it was, I mean, the ball was right in front of Morgan. I wouldn't say it was away from the play, but I understand what you're saying. It wasn't called a penalty on the field, but it's kind of like the Champions League final. Much to my chagrin, Musa Sissoko puts his arm out to point. The ball's not going anywhere. He's not passing it to anyone, but it's the principle of the thing. You have your arm up in an unnatural position. If you put your studs into the shoulder of a striker in the box, you deserve to have a penalty against your team. I'm sorry. Those were studs in the shoulders. That wasn't just like you just, I mean, she nailed her. Now you might say Morgan could have stayed up, but there are some things that's just like soccer. I'm more of a traditionalist. If you put your studs into a striker in the box, you're going to get a penalty called on you. And so I didn't feel bad about that one. We we did talk earlier. There are some you're like, really? That right. was a penalty? Right. So, I mean, the the Dutch have themselves to blame. I mean, if it wasn't a penalty, I wouldn't have cried about it. I would have thought, wow, they let that go. And I would have, you know, gone on with my life. But I, I, I didn't have a problem with that. I had a problem with the fact that it was a VAR production. Because if you look at any of the set pieces throughout the previous 60 or so minutes, on every set piece, there's a foul committed in the box. We can agree that on 90% of set pieces, corner kicks right. or you know free kicks that are made within 30 yards of the goal, there's holding, there's pushing, there's grappling, there's climbing over the back. Yet, in those cases, we don't go to VAR. We don't look at, right. oh, this girl was tackled, so now we're going to give a penalty. Of course not. But in this case, we see studs up, and it was a foul. Admittedly, she does make contact, but we selectively choose to go to VAR in that moment. To me, it stinks a little bit. I think what it is, and, and you're right. I mean, if you, it's like they say you can call holding on every play in the NFL. Right. So it's just that it's already a DP when you have your boot that high. So you could have called a DP right there. And then also... Dangerous play. Yes, sorry. A a dangerous play. But the other thing is, um, if there's some shirt pulling, if there's someone beginning to fall down and you help them down, if you're holding on to somebody's arm like you're doing a foxtrot, they'll be like, okay, all right, all right. But boot high, studs, making full contact, not just grazing. I don't have a problem with it. Yet the referee in real time sees it close enough to where Mm -hmm. she could have made the call. And chose not to make and that call. And that's the the VAR apparently is supposed to fix those mistakes. I'm just really happy that Rose Lavelle scored and it didn't end with that call because then now the Dutch can say, okay, well, they scored another goal, so they were going to win anyway. You could say that, but you know this from watching the game. As soon as that penalty kick was made and Rapino and the gals went over and did their celebration and they should be very happy with the mm-hmm. fact that they had a one nothing lead, mm-hmm. the Dutch immediately had to play differently. They no longer could sit back in their tight 5-4-1 shell and try to counter I think that and helped them, actually, because now they started attacking after that. Yet they didn't. <laughs> I mean, they immediately gave up the Lavelle goal just moments yeah. later. So. Right. No, and you're right. They're thinner at the back as well. But and, as I said, it's, uh, it's not the way you want to win a World Cup, obviously. True. But that's why I said I'm glad we it was 2-0. I mean, you think about the 1990 World Cup final, one of the biggest shambolic games ever. They win. Germany beats Argentina on an Andreas Brema penalty. Argentina gets two guys red-carded. 
At least it wasn't something like that. More on red cards and Argentines coming up later in the podcast with Leo Messi. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I got caught up That's there. my other podcast, by the way, Red Cards and Argentines. <laughs> He's <laughs> yes. coming soon. It's Rick Tittle sure. and Dan Dibley, Golasso Supremo. For the last time, before we take a real summer hiatus, mm-hmm. we'll come back in yeah. August, mid-August yeah. with uh, the Prem. No more hiatus, the hyanus. Right. Yeah. Yes. I don't that, know what that, that means. That would be the tall butt. Yes. Also known as the uh, hyanus. As Greg Papa said, his butt is taller than my face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> About Katie. That's a uh, shout out Hyannisport. Uh, yeah, there you go. In uh, Kennedy, Miami, if I'm not no, mistaken. No, uh, Massachusetts. My bad. That's okay. My bad. I was thinking of... Uh, Hialeah, the great oh, racetrack. The, uh, yeah, the home of Gio Gonzalez. Yes. Look at you. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's soccer, is it now going to vault itself into the echelon now to where we're going to actually notice who our professional women's teams are? Yes. And I'll tell you two big reasons why. Like right now, if I said, what team does Alex Morgan play for? I don't know either. Uh, she plays for the Portland Thorns, I believe. <laughs> is it? I'm somebody told ahead. me. Somebody told me it was Orlando Pride today. Well, you're right. Go I don't ahead. see the thing is that's our best. How about best... this, Rick? What's the name of the league? Uh, the Women's Professional Soccer League. Is the Women's. It? I don't know. I'm looking it up because no, I but don't... yeah, I, I Women's have... Premier Soccer. Okay, league. that's it. So I had no idea. Two reasons why. The biggest one, ESPN, will carry the games now. Game changer. Which ESPN? Well, I don't know. Not five, not six. I don't know if it's the Ocho, (laughs) LeBron. Thank you. And here's the other one. Budweiser is now a sponsor. Here comes the king. Here comes the big number one. Budweiser. They're going to change the theme, though. Here comes the queen. Here comes the big number one. Yeah, that's true. And low carb and non-binary beer, whatever. Right. But how about that? ESPN and Budweiser, this is a game changer. Yes, but how significant of a game changer well, will it be? You well, look- it's a game changer. It's not going to take over the world, but it'll be a place to see them. That's like the WNBA. Obviously, we're not watching the WNBA, but if you want to, you can see it. They have big crowds. They have okay TV ratings. At least they have the opportunity now to grow instead of being completely uh, have this ambivalence that we have. It's almost like the Women's World Cup team is like our gymnastic team. You know, our Pixies doing the vaults and floor exercise. We love them, and then we forget about them for four years. That's true. And I guess there's never the expectation, though, that we will follow these gymnasts throughout the course of the year. You, you might catch the odd world championship event right. or something of that ilk, but soccer fans want to watch soccer. And it's not so much that the women's game is unwatchable. Some would say it's actually more watchable. Less flopping, more passing, and at a, t- at a tempo that maybe suits the eye a little bit more. Players unable to kick the ball the entire length of the mm-hmm. field, etc. Yet, it hasn't really broken through. Remember Sepp Blatter, wear shorter shorts, yeah. show your legs. That's Yeah, that's great. Can't Sepp. really say that anymore. Appreciate uh, <laughs> you looking out for that. The WPS. More boobies! <laughs> right, because that's, uh, that's exactly... Where they want to be. Yeah. Equal pay is something they're seeking, and so that would be a well, fighting now, ground for I'll, I'll tell you, yes, and then and there's some people in Congress are going to do something about that. Um, I'm a believer that if you bring in the same amount of revenue, you should get the same amount of pay. And with the World Cup, they definitely had the same TV numbers. The national team should get every penny, if not more, than the men's team. 
But then again, I'll go WNBA. They're not bringing in the red. You're not going to get a Kawhi Leonard contract in the WNBA because they're not bringing in that type of money. But for the national team, hell yes, equal pay, if not more. Without a doubt. It's uh, women's professional soccer, the National Women's Soccer League. What's the closest one to us? Well, I was just looking at the, the other league I was mentioning, and that's that's not the the big league. That's the league that has teams around the country. This would be the National Women's Soccer League, the mm. NWSL, mm. with nine teams. The easy E, right? Chicago Red Stars, Houston Dash, North Carolina Courage, the aforementioned Orlando Pride, the Portland Thorns FC, the Rain FC out of Tacoma, Washington. Gotta be up there. Sky Blue FC out of Piscataway, New Jersey. Wow. Utah Royals FC and the Washington Spirit out of Boyd's, Maryland. So nine teams, and there's a small handful of former teams. Do you as well. remember the Cyber Rays? I do. Brandy Chastain and some others. I can't believe we don't have a Bay Area team. It's shocking. And again, that was a league that kind of was born out of the previous World Cup in 1999 and our success there. This is Golasso Supremo, Rick Tittle, and Dan Dibley. We turn from the distaff side over to the men. Less disappointing than what we're used to, but still a disappointment. Mexico won the United States of America nil 45 minutes of, hey, maybe we've turned the corner, and 45 minutes of here we go again. Well, it, it, you know, you, you see the starting lineup, and you see Michael Bradley, who, to me, had his heyday in South Africa. You see Josie Altidore, and I'm a guy who's played a whole season with Hull and had one goal, and you like, really? I mean, I'm, you look at Zach Steffen in between the sticks. He's signed with Man City. Here's no more uh, Brad Guzon, finally a young goalie. You look at... Nick Romano, uh, career appearance <laughs> number 500 in the MLS. I don't know if you saw that. I did not see First that. First ever to reach 500 All right, Good for him, Mr. MLS himself. Uh, you have a guy like uh, Cannon, you know, out of UCLA. And, and so these are a lot of college guys, so it's not going to get the same type of uh, cachet as you usually get. But at least they're young guys. That game, and it's good, USA and Mexico, it's good to have a rival, especially in, con- and they hate each other. The amount of knees to the back and elbows and all that. But I felt like I was watching a bad MLS game. The, there was there was a game void of any quality whatsoever. And people were tweeting me, this is good stuff. And I don't want to say, well, you must like cold toilet seats. But, oh, man. But, I mean, it's just, uh, you you look at Pulisic, and, and there's our star. I wish we had 10 of them. I was very uh, let down by Weston McKinney. They made him the captain. He plays in the Bundesliga. Uh, he did nothing. He had bad passes. He seemed lost. He seemed like a chicken with his head cut off. The back four, you could say, played all right. I don't know why Tim Ream still gets capped in, in this day and age. But in other words, um, and then Mexico had a B team. Um, I'll give props to Pizarro. He was running stick, uh, you know, all around us. He had his arm hyper extend, and he stayed in the game. But there's no Chucky Lozano in the game. They didn't have their real stars. So the only moment of quality was really that goal by um, Dos Santos, which was a nice, real quick little flick Beautiful. there. I don't know why Stefan didn't dive. He probably wouldn't have got it anyway. He was a little frozen on I that I would have one. liked to dive, yeah. just for aesthetics. Even if it's late. Even when the ball's sure. by you. <laughs> just, just for your old friend Rick. 
But um, yeah, the, the, we're still light years away, and you know the, the hubris to think that Americans can coach soccer. I've always been against an American coach in our national team. It would be like getting a guy from France to coach the Raiders. But you know what? Uh, we only lost one nil. Woohoo! But anyway, it was a really rough, unentertaining lousy soccer game. Yeah, the pitch was uh, pretty dry, so you didn't have the free-flowing ball going back and forth. And the second 45, it was Mexican dominance, quite frankly. It looked like they had the U.S. on a string. And it is a little disconcerting when you look out there and you still see Michael Bradley, and it's now 2019. Mm-hmm, and, giving the ball away. And, and give him all the credit in the world. He's out there running things for a much younger team, yet it makes you wonder how come we don't have another holding midfielder how come we've been unable to develop right. that player which you know he's not the most dynamic player they don't ask him to go up and create and score mm-hmm. he serves a great purpose as a holding midfielder it, i'm not saying it's a simple position because it's not a lot of running left foot right foot forward back side to side you have to have it all mm-hmm. yet we're yet to cultivate his replacement Josie Altador up top Josie Zardis is a nice player, but if he was really transcendent, he would be getting the start. Mm-hmm. Jordan Morris is a great player, great effort player, up and back. But again, if he was really a talisman, he would be a guy making you take notice. And you just don't have that with a U.S. team. Right. And the thing is, like even Ariola, he was given 100%. But if you're not, if the quality isn't there, then I don't know what you're going to do. By the way, the, the Mexican coach, and they go through coaches like underpants. We stick with ours even when they miss World Cups. But the Mexican coach, uh, his nickname is Tata, T-A-T-A, and I would like now to be known as Tata Tittle. Tata Tittle. Wow. <laughs> Only on Tuesday. And then when would I leave, I say Tata. Ta-ta. And anyway. then we say Tata. Yes. Tata. Tata, Tata. So where do we go from here? The Let's US. go to a little, oh, where do we go from here in the in the podcast? We'll go to Copa America in a second. But for the U.S., um, we... You know, it, it's funny. I I was on the air and people were asking me about it, and I said, uh, you know, it's the women are different. We're a country where soccer's been shoved at girls forever, unlike other countries where like that's for the men, don't do it. And we have the NCAA system, which is great for them to get better. Right. And all the foreigners come play college soccer. For the men, the worst thing that can happen to you as a soccer player is to take that scholarship to UCLA. Now you'd say that's a dream in any other sport, and if you're a kid. How do you say no? I would have loved a soccer scholarship to UCLA, but you're not going to get any better. You got to go overseas. And and somebody was telling, oh, the MLS now has academies. Yeah. Ooh, the MLS has it. So, but you're right. Where have they come? Zardis has been in the national setup for years. He's had his window. I don't expect anything out of him anymore. Right. But as we look into <clears throat> 2020, and heck, we're already halfway through 2019, which is hard to believe. Yeah. And this is Golasa Suprema, Rick. Tata Tittle and Dan Dribbles Dibley, <laughs> Dan apparently. <Doo-doo> Dibley. <laughs> yes, apparently. They've got qualifications coming up here, what, in January? They start qualifying for the World Cup mm-hmm. in 20, is it 2022? Yeah, Electric is, Qatar. Right, mm-hmm. assuming that they keep it there, which mm-hmm. both of us are holding out hope that yes. that thing gets yanked. Qualifications got to start, so they've got to get on the beam here sooner Rather than later. I, I do want to touch on the African Cup of Nations, but mm-hmm. first to Copa sure. America. Congratulations to Brazil. A nice win, 3-1 over Peru in the final. But we start with Leo Messi. Couldn't get it done in the semis against Brazil. Unhappy with the officiating. And then 
in the third place game, straight red for a confrontation with an opponent. What do you think of Messi's claims that maybe this thing could be rigged? Well, first of all, Messi is, I mean, he's the greatest Argentine player of all time, but he's not going to be recognized as that because Diego, Armando, Maradona won a championship. Yeah. Hand of God, whatever you want. Messi's never done it. Remember after Messi lost to Germany in the World Cup final, he retired from the team. He's like, I'm done. I can't do it. Screw it. They brought him back. I almost feel sorry for him. Like, I'm not, I'm not an Argentina fan, but I almost feel sorry for him in a way. But, <coughs> excuse me, yeah, he felt bad about the Brazil game. And then the ball's rolling out against Chile, which they win 2-1 anyway. And, and uh, Gary Medell is kind of shepherding it out. They bump into each other. They turn around, give each other Eskimo kisses. And there's two reds, straight up. And the thing is, VAR can be used for a red card incident. You can look and say, was that really a red card or not? They didn't go to VAR. Some people say, well, Coma Ball, they had it out for Messi after he had the temerity. I think it was a Paraguayan ref. He has it out for me. But um, I don't know. It's, It's hard for me to feel sorry for the best player in the world. And we have VAR for that, yet we don't go to VAR because it would be... It's not what, Alex Morgan? Right. It would be too convenient. <laughs> and it's just the subjective use of VAR continues to baffle me and uh, how it's applied and misapplied throughout all these different tournaments and mm-hmm. regions. But the cat's out of the bag, and so now yeah. VAR is here to stay. It could be like, remember in the NFL when Doki Williams, LA Raiders, pass I- I- incomplete, and the guy in the field, this is before we had a brain, there was somebody in the stadium, pass incomplete, and the guy goes, okay, pass is complete. Remember they got rid of it, <laughs> they got rid of replay. Right. And what do we wait, like three years? It's like, no, we can't take it. Okay, we have to have, have to it. have it. Yeah. Of course, it all started with the Mike Renfro play with the, uh, the Oilers and Steelers from I believe 1980. I wish they would have had it in 1980 when uh, Rob Lytle fumbled the ball after Jack Tatum hit him. The Raiders would have gone to consecutive Super Bowls. It's Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley, Golasso Supremo, with some American football thrown in Mm -hmm. just for your delight. All the major tournaments are over except the African Cup of Nations. Coupe d'Afrique. Yes, which we uh, have continuing on right now. Cote d'Ivoire beating Mali today 1-0. So they advance to the semifinal round. Ghana and Tunisia slugging it out. And up next, Senegal against Benin, Nigeria against South Africa. Any leans, any interest in the Coupe d'Afrique? Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Kenyan team, and Kenya does not put out a lot of professional soccer players because Victor Wanyama probably won't be with Tottenham next year, but uh, he's their captain. Other than that, I, I don't, unfortunately, have a lot of, of interest in the Coupe d'Afrique. As you were just pointing out, these other tournaments were going on right now. It is not televised here unless you want to go pay-per-view. So, I mean, you mentioned some names there, some names with great pedigree and some names that don't, like Benin and some others. So, uh, believe me, every scout in Europe is, is watching this. Uh, so, um, I'm sure there's going to be a star here or there coming out of it. Coming out of the cup. Yes, bless you, Rick. Transfer news. I know that Tottenham did finally latch on to uh, their target and things apparently a little bit more calm now with Spur Nation. Well, they signed one guy in Kange and Debele. They get Jack Johnson, or um, sorry, Jack Clark. He's going right back to Leeds. Just today, they signed Harry Winks and Ben Davis to four-year extensions, but uh, they need a little bit, 
don't know. They they need they're they're supposed to be close to Ceballos. They're supposed to be close to Los Celso. I would love to have those two guys in. I think what they're waiting for to see if Erickson leaves, and then they're going to splash out. But we'll see. Christian Erickson, of mm-hmm. course, expected to be on the move and with a, a transfer. I say it's fifty fifty. You'd say fifty fifty. Yeah, I would. It was seeming like it was a fait accompli a couple weeks ago. Well, when he said, "I'd like a new challenge," unless I don't get one. So I'll go to the prom with you unless a hotter chick asks me. And so far, he hasn't really gotten those offers. He's not. He's he's uh, has not had Kate Upton ask him yet. Question marks about Antoine Griezmann. Apparently, mm-hmm. Atleti, Atletico Madrid, opening disciplinary proceedings against Griezmann for breach of contract after he refused to attend a preseason session yesterday. This according to ESPN FC. How does this work? And... At what point can a player like Griezmann just get some time off? It is weird that they're, everybody's back now and they're training. I mean, they basically had a fortnight off. It's, it's, it's crazy now. But Griezmann had a sell-on number of 200 million euros. That was sort of like the Dice K thing. If you want to even talk to him, we need 200 million euros. He and his agent apparently got Atletico Madrid to lower that to 120, I think, million euros. And then once that got lowered, he's like, okay, I'm off the team. And so here comes Barcelona saying, here's your money. And then they go, no, 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 there's no money yet. He's got to get on a plane. I think they're going to L.A. He's on the team. And he's like, I'm not on your damn team. And so Barcelona's like, here's your, you're not taking the transfer money. And Atletico Madrid's like, we're not taking the transfer money. So this seems like it's going to be a big mess right now. And Griezmann right now is the one left on the sideline. Poor guy can't even work for 120 million euros. <laughs> Is this just a case where the agent botches it, trying to anticipate that once the price gets dropped, that the deal will get done quickly? Well, I mean, it could be that, or it could be a case of, I mean, just the the abject hatred, rivalry at best, and hatred at worst between these teams in Spain, uh, and to, to, to take your best player, your most transcendent player, and then hand them over to the new camp has to frost Atletico Madrid. So if any type of perceived slide is happening, they're going to clamp down on it, I would A think. poll running on ESPN, voted upon by more than 12,000 people. Where will Antoine Griezmann be playing next season? 54% saying Barcelona. Actually, Manchester United, the second choice, at 14%. Atletico Madrid all the way down at 5%. So the writing appears to be on the wall as far as where he won't be playing next yes. year. I don't think he'll be at the Wando, Wanda Metropolitano. Uh, PSG with <laughs> similar questions about their star, their talisman, Neymar. Apparently he missed the first day of preseason training with links that he might be heading back to Barcelona. What's mm. going to be the resolution of Neymar, who, oh, by the way, was not a part of Brazil's winning side at the Copa America. Yeah. It's too bad that the Copa America and the Gold Cup are these like B team deals now outside of the United States. <laughs> well, Brazil put out a pretty good squad. They had, uh, of course, Bobby Firmino, my guy. Philippe Coutinho was out there. Alisson. All right. Well, you're goal. right. You're they right. had uh, Gabriel Jesus, who scored yesterday. He got red In the 3 1 victory. Willian was there, but not in the starting 11 yesterday. So they yeah. had some quality across Brazil. That just tells you how good Brazil is, too. These right? names you just throw out like that. But it's like it's sort of like the U.S. women when you bring Kristen Press and Carly Lloyd and Ali Krieger. I think about Ali Krieger in Germany eight years ago. She was by far the best fullback, and she's a replacement. 
Kelly O'Hara, my favorite player of the whole tournament, former midfielder from Stanford. She was midfielder last World Cup. I just don't. It's like when you see Verlander throwing 99 in the ninth inning. I don't know where these players like Gareth Bale can run the length of the pitch in a full sprint at 90 minutes in. But I digress. Um, yes, uh, where Neymar goes, um, anybody knows at this point. I don't. I have no no clue either way. And Kelly O'Hara taking a pretty severe headshot toward the end of that first she half. Did, and yeah. Concussion symptoms, and so they took her out as a precaution. And like you said, the ability to go to Ali Krieger. Your three subs are Ali Krieger, <laughs> three World Cups, unbelievable <laughs> defender, fresh mm-hmm. legs. Yeah. Uh, Carly Lloyd. Just simply had a first half hat trick right. in 16 minutes in a final last last World Cup <laughs> right. so four years ago and uh, the third sub uh, Kristen, Kristen Press, Press out of Stanford right. I, I I had her on my show years ago she's just a delightful person and she scored that great headed goal against England in the semifinal so these are those players would not only start but they'd be the best player from a lot of the other countries that were in that crazy World depth yeah. and uh, crazy quality and shout out the U S for getting it done and mm-hmm. apparently. Uh, They'll have a parade through the Canyon of yeah, Heroes in New York City. Yeah, how great is that? Wednesday, a ticker tape parade, like astronauts. And it's a just good shows- consolation prize after missing out on the White House. Assuming they don't <laughs> get invited, and I'm I'm just hearing now from our producer that I don't believe that they're they going to They were invited. Well, kind of. Well. <laughs> that was a spite invite. Yes. Yeah, Inspited. I, I guess. Well, when you send the secretary of... Uh, the Colorado School of the Mines as your representative, wow. whatever it was. Um, I have a little uh, tidbit here that um, it's a tittle tidbit. It is a tittle tidbit. <laughs> Let's go to the open. Have you ever heard of the I League? Because I hadn't. It sounds to me like some sort of texting league. The I League is the Indian League. Ah. Uh. There's also the ISL, the Indian Super League. So this just came out actually in the last couple of days. The ISL started in 2007, the first ever soccer league. You think about a country with a billion people, a country with huge British influence, but they're cricketers is what they are. So India is you know light years away from producing a lot of talent or even going to a World Cup. So the IS, the uh, the I League started in 2007. The ISL started. Um, six years ago. So they've gone now to the prime minister of the country because apparently they're trying to make the ISL, which they say is a lot of 35-year-old guys, the senior league and then have relegation go with them. But they're not going to have relegation. So the ISL is like, hello, we were here first. Right. We actually play young guys. We have promotion and relegation. What are you doing? And so it's just an, an interesting story that in every country, there's something going on with soccer. And here we have two different leagues in India. And honestly, I had never heard of either one until this story. It's just a straight up cash grab is what it is. You have one league getting successful and doing the right thing and making money. And then you come in with your own league and you try to, to yeah. strong arm and get that cash grab going. It reminds me of when we were little kids and my brother was in the third grade and he started this thing called the Reptile Club for those of us who liked snakes and lizards. And this big fat kid came in and kicked him out and made himself president of the club. Of your brother's club? Yeah. Kicked him out. Said, I'm in charge now. It's just like the ISL. Jeez, man. I was just (laughs) thinking that, how it was like the old Tittle Reptile Club when your brother got clowned out of his home. He did. I'll never forget that. Man. You know what the guy's last name was? And I'm not making it up. Uh, Lizard? Sonovich. No way. Yep. His last name was Sonovich. And even in 1974, we could make jokes on that one. I guess, was his dad a Vich or was his mom a Vich? Uh, I was, he's I, the son of Vich. 
That is true. It could be that. Actually, I should be uh, a Donaldson. My dad's name is Don, if you want to go that way. A Donald... I could a Donald Tittle? Just Donaldson. Oh, a, Don, a Donaldson. Yeah, Rick Donaldson, right? What's your dad's name? Uh, Dwayne Dibley. Dwayne. Dwayne. Okay, yes. I like that. A little Kuiper going on there. He doesn't say Rick du- Donaldson definitely is selling Chevys down there. <laughs> hey, Rick Donaldson, how you doing? Frontier Ford, totally Chris Townsend. Yeah, have I got a deal for you? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Rick Donaldson. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Um, we're going to do a little hiatus. Hiatus. And I like the fact that we responded three times now for the, and it was originally my bad because I cut it off a little short. Premature. Yeah. Premature e- e- pod ulation. But now um, we are going to take a little break and then we're going to come back strong in just uh, a few weeks, really. Yeah. The, I'm just checking right now. The Premier League start date Friday, August 9th. There so you why go. don't we agree to reconvene? First week in August. That week. Or maybe second week. Second week in August. We'll get a game under our belts. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get second week. Well, the first week of August would take us to, you know what? The the 8th. Thursday, August 8th. So we'll do a day before the premiere. We'll premiere the premiere. It'll be a big Premier League preview show. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.